Well, today we heard the first of several parables that Jesus told about the kingdom of God. We'll hear several more of them over the next few weeks. Some people think that parables are like fables, nice little stories with a moral at the end, like small beginnings lead to great endings, or everyone is our neighbor and we should be nice to them. Now, it would be easy to think that the moral to the parable of the sower is be good soil. Let God's word grow in your heart. But if that is all that Jesus really intended to say, then why didn't he just say so? Why bother with a parable that only seemed to confuse most people? I mean, even Jesus' disciples pulled him aside afterward and said, What did you mean? If Jesus was just telling nice little stories with pearls of conventional wisdom, then why did he cause so much controversy? Why did people want to kill him? When I was living in Michigan, uh, there was a preaching professor who summered uh, at a lake cabin just a little ways away from us. Uh, It was always intimidating to have him in the audience. Uh, And he said in one of his books that if these suitable-for-framing sayings were the heart of Jesus' preaching, the only reason to have crucified him was to end the boredom of it all. (laughs) No, Jesus Jesus was doing something else when he told parables. He wasn't just giving pearls of wisdom couched in little stories. He wasn't just illustrating a point. Jesus told parables to get people thinking. You see, parables aren't meant to just have one simple little point, like a fable. Jesus' parables use pictures and stories from everyday life, but with a twist. There's something jarring, something surprising in the story. Hearing a parable can be unsettling disruptive and disturbing. It it puts you off balance. It challenges your point of view. It turns your usual way of thinking upside down. Depending on who you are and how you hear it, a parable can take you in many different directions. When you wrestle with it, or when it wrestles with you, you end up being changed. You begin to see things differently. I mean, think about the, the parable of the sower from the, the farmer's perspective. Now, here's Van Gogh's picture of this story. So a sower goes out to sow. What, what do you think uh, about this farmer and the way that he is sowing? Well, he doesn't just sow it in the nice rows. He's spreading it everywhere. He gets some out in the weeds. He gets some down on the path. He gets some out in the rocks. He's not being very careful with his seed. Think about how a farmer today treats seed. (laughs) You know, back then, seed was even more precious. Today, we have GPS-guided tractors that go exactly down the right path. Farmers use strip-till or uh, you know, 
cultivate the soil ahead of time and then the planter puts it down at exactly the right depth and covers the soil back over. They make sure that the seed has everything it needs to grow. They'll, you know, some places have irrigation circles. Other, you know, they make sure that uh, the right herbicides have been applied to stop the weeds from growing and the right fertilizer has been put down so that it can get the nutrients that it needs. But this farmer is just willy-nilly throwing seed wherever. What on earth is he doing? It just doesn't make any sense. Now, maybe this farmer knows something that we don't. The seed is God's word. This seed is guaranteed to grow. It comes with a warranty. God says in Isaiah, My word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. At the end of the parable comes the surprise. Despite the sower's seemingly wasteful use of seed, despite the obstacles of pesky birds, rocky soil, hot sun, weeds, and everything else, there comes a fantastic harvest, 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Only Matthew says it backwards. He says it produced a crop 100 60 or 30 times. He goes from big to little. An interesting switch. Why? When we see big harvests and wonderful ministry happening, when we see people's lives being changed, we say, all right, go God. Yes, God's word does not return empty. But what about when our message doesn't seem to work? What happens when we pour our hearts and souls into something but never see a big harvest? Sometimes we plan and pray and worry and work, but our project falls flat. Why is it that some people hear the word over and over again but never come to living faith? Doesn't the word always accomplish its purpose? Doesn't God want everyone to believe? Of course he does. Then why don't we see the results that we expect? It's not a new question. In Matthew 12, just before today's reading, there was opposition rising against Jesus. The religious leaders argued with him. They accused him of being in league with the devil and plotted to destroy him. His own family thought he was out of his mind. Some people believed in him, but it was mostly outsiders, sinners, and Gentiles. Had Jesus' mission to his own people failed? Perhaps Jesus told the parable of the sower as a way of addressing the question of why some people don't believe. A sower went out to sow. Some of the seed was eaten by birds. Some of it grew up quickly but withered. Some of it was choked by weeds. 
go, go. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> now, when Jesus told this parable, most people didn't hear the explanation. When the disciples asked him to explain it to him afterwards, I wonder if it was like they wanted him to explain a joke that he had just told. <sighs> well, if I have to spell it out for you, here's one way of thinking it through. Sometimes I wonder why Jesus spoke in parables that people didn't understand. He said to his disciples, the secret of the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but it hasn't been given to them. The secret has been given to you. Faith is a gift from God. There are some people who come to understand and come to faith, and there are some who don't. Sometimes God's word hardens hearts. The same sun that melts wax hardens clay. If you brought your Bibles along, or if you didn't grab the ones in front of you, the blue ones, and turn to Isaiah 6. This is the passage that Jesus cites in the reading that we heard today. Isaiah has been caught up into the throne room of God. And he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And even though he's shaking in his boots, Isaiah pipes up, Here am I. Send me. Well, God gave him probably the world's toughest preaching assignment. He told Isaiah to preach to the people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. God told Isaiah to make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their, ear, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Preach the word to them so they will not believe. Isaiah asked, how long, O Lord? Until cities lie ruined, until houses are deserted and fields are ravaged, until everything has been burned over like an old stump, God said. Whoa. I remember at my grandfather's farm in northwest Iowa that there was this old dead stump uh, it, it, was, it was too close to some buildings to dynamite. And it was, you know, they didn't want to spend the money to have somebody come in and grind it down. And uh, so they just kind of left it there. You know, as kids, we would take hatchets and kind of hack at it. And, uh, and any time that they had something to be burned, they set it on top of that and tried to burn it down a little bit more. <laughs> In fact, I happened to come across, a, there was a, a stump just like it here in town on somebody in somebody's front lawn uh, you know and you can see he's been hacking at it and he's been burning the top of it but it's still there and all the grass around it is just hashed god told isaiah to keep preaching the word to stop up people's ears and to harden their hearts until everything in their lives became like that burned over old stump 
until they had nothing left to cling to except God. Only then would they hear the tiny word of hope at the end of Isaiah 6. The holy seed will be its stump. You ever seen a stump that's been sitting there for years and yet some new life is starting to come up? (laughs) It just won't die. (laughs) There's new shoots coming up. It echoes something that Isaiah said earlier. A shoot will come forth from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The burned over old stump of King David's broken line would come to life again. God would bring new life out of what was dead. God will bring a rich harvest. The message of Jesus' parable isn't what kind of soil are you? Because, to tell the truth, there's some of each of those soils in each one of us. All of us have hot sun and rocks and thorns and birds in our lives. Things that try to wither and choke out and snatch away God's word from us. We all struggle with the cares of the world, the lure of wealth, shallow roots, and the evil one. But despite all the things working against it, God's Word will bear fruit. Even when you don't see success happening, even when you feel like a burned old stump, God brings resurrection. He gives new life through His Word, Jesus Christ. Where is Christ sowing seed in your life and in the world? Along the path? Among the rocks, in the weeds, in good soil? Yep. He sows the seed everywhere and invites us to do the same with reckless abandon. Share the Word and live it out. By God's grace, an abundant harvest is coming. Those who have ears to hear Let them hear. Amen. Next week, we'll continue our series on these kingdom parables by looking at the story about weeds in the wheat.